I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Elise Sliffering. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. This week, we're delighted to speak to Michelle Peterson, the CMO of Kendra Scott, the jewelry brand which has a large following, including college students in sorority houses across America. Launched in 2002 by designer Kendra Scott, with just $500 to her name, the brand is now a billion-dollar business with 134 stores across 35 states. Michelle Peterson joined the company in 2022 with over 20 years of experience across a range of companies, notably General Mills. We begin this conversation by asking Michelle to tell us why she was drawn to Kendra Scott. I have three girls and we actually have been obsessed with the Kendra Scott brand for a long time Um, and mostly with Kendra's story. I mean, she's this incredible entrepreneur and advocates for women and women leaders. And in my household, she was a big hero. We watched her on Shark Tank and knew the story of the brand again, even before I started. So that's part of what drove me here. The second is my dad ran a hedge fund and he was an engineer and really like analytical and math based. My mom was in education and just this magnetic person with incredible creativity. And their inspiration to me was like, I really wanted to be both of them. And I felt like I didn't really want to choose. And that's what marketing has allowed me to do, run a business and be creative and just add value to consumers' lives. And what better to do that at a brand that I'm incredibly obsessed with? And then the third thing that attracted me to chaos is the people. It's a team that's very much a family. And I felt that through the interview process and have not been a part of something like that before. That's great to hear. You you talk about the sort of origin sort of story of of the brand. Can you just say a little bit more about that for people who may not know that story about Kendra? Kendra started this business over 20 years ago uh, with $500 in her spare bedroom. Um, And that part was very simple, but she had this vision that we're still fulfilling today. And that is that she could craft and design and make beautiful jewelry with natural and gorgeous stones and color in a really attainable and accessible way. She saw the white space and the opportunity for that. She's, even to this day, anywhere we go, any category we go into, she wants to disrupt it. And that was what she wanted to do at that time. She spent about the first half of that time in wholesale. And then we started to open our own retail stores about 10 years ago. And now we're in uh, retail, e-commerce, and then in, in wholesale partners. That's fascinating. And then underpinning all of this is I know that she's defined the pillars as family, fashion and philanthropy. And I'm very interested in why you think philanthropy is connected to this and helping drive traffic. That also goes back to Kendra's story. I mean, she talks about how, you know, when she opened her first store, when she first started the business, she was thinking about like, how am I going to get people to know about me? And the way she started to do that was make a connection with her consumers and make a connection with the community. And she gave the jewelry, she gave back to organizations, and that's what brought people to have a connection with the brand. And that's still the case today. It's actually how I first was introduced to the brand. My daughter has cerebral palsy and 
a friend of hers was doing an event in a Kendra Scott store to raise money for cerebral palsy. And, um, and we attended and bought jewelry and gave back to the organization. Um, and it created such a connection for us with the brand. And that's what it does with consumers today. We, we host over 20,000 events in our stores, many that give back and new consumers come in that way and are attracted to the brand and the organization. Quite clearly, that has really made the brand boom as far as sales go. Um, On a recent podcast, CEO Tom Nolan said that between 2015 and 2021, Kendra Scott became a, and I quote, a very big business valued at more than $1 billion. It must have been an exciting time to join the company as it scaled. What were your first priorities and perhaps challenges as head marketer? So a couple of my priorities were first um, making sure that we were telling the right stories at scale. The story of Kendra creating this business and what she wanted it to be and how her jewelry and her experiences are still connecting with consumers um, is something that really was not as much at the forefront of the brand. And I kept saying when I started, like, more Kendra, more Kendra, because that's the emotion that I have for the brand and that's what I'm connected to. So telling that story is at scale was certainly a top priority. Um, the second thing was making sure the whole marketing engine, I'll say, was oriented behind these stories and behind these campaigns. When I started, we had multiple functions that were operating in silos. And under my team, which I call the Brand X team, we have 10 different functions that came together. So from marketing and creative to regional marketing to customer care and e-com and digital all came together under the same objectives and the same priorities to drive traffic for our stores and our channels, and then to tell these stories to consumers in a really relevant way. We may, you know, on digital have been saying something else that we said in the store and something different in PR, and we're all aligned behind the same stories and the same campaigns. And I think the third priority was making sure that we were bringing in new consumers and the right new consumers you know, we have this amazing loyal base and we were continuing to appeal to her versus, let's say, the Gen Z consumer. The challenge is at any given time, we have so much going on. We have a product suite that probably launched. We've got about 60 events in our store on any one day. We have a promotional message to talk about. So taking all of that and communicating the right thing and the right channel to the right consumer was, I would say, quote, a challenge. Yeah. And as the brand continues to grow, how critical would you say that like marketing portion is to the momentum? Yeah, I think it's really critical. I mean, we think about how we're expanding the brand with the consumer, which is obviously more than just marketing. I mean, it starts how Kendra started the business, which is that This is a design-led business, and our product is incredible. In each season and each launch, it gets better and better. Um, Our head designer is just to die for, and, you know, over 20 years still sees the possibilities of making a football, which we launched a couple weeks ago that sold out, a pumpkin that we launched a week ago that sold out. So it starts with the product, and then it goes to experience. You know, Kendra, when she opened her own stores, She wanted the jewelry experience to be different. She didn't want the product behind glass. 
Um, she wanted people to interact. I was in a store on Saturday and you almost could not make it through the door because there was a vent in the back of the, the store. People were having sips and sweets, cookies, shopping. I mean, it's just this energetic place. And then the last piece is the marketing that brings that all together. We're always linking to culture so that we can bring in new consumers in a really relevant way. And that's interesting. I've been mean, reading about, you know, the the amount of Kendra Scott's doors in the US, 134, I understand, uh, across 35 states. And that's obviously a very big part of, of the experience and the discovery you, you talk about. One question is, how do you replicate that experience in the digital realm? You know, we've, we talk a lot about how shopping has gone online. Post-pandemic, there's pressure on both of those channels, right? Like no longer do I have to go to a location to purchase something. So if that's your main uh, benefit you're offering consumers, that's what impacts retail. And you hear we think about retail like an event space and like an experience. So that's how we've driven that channel. In terms of e-com, it's not necessarily a given, I think, that the consumer wants that retail experience and e-com. They, we think about it that they do in some places. They also want something super convenient. So the way we bring to life the experience is through our content. We have amazing content online. We bring a lot of stories to life. And then we give consumers inspiration and ideas for the way they shop. They might shop for an occasion. I have a date night on Friday night and you can enter our digital experience with that need and we'll help you. But we've also found online, sometimes consumers want a very convenient, very quick shopping experience. And now we have a very simple single page checkout. Um, We've given consumers multiple ways to pay with our launch of Afterpay really recently. And that fulfills the the convenient need for those who are like, listen, I'm not going to the store because I really just want this to happen very, very quickly. So beyond e-commerce, how do you go about utilizing other like digital channels, maybe like social media or CTV? How would you say you go about like deploying campaigns across those channels? Because this is a brand that started in local communities and has the mission to do good in those communities and to connect with consumers, we always start locally with the experience and then we scale that into digital. So we sponsored um, the ACMs earlier this summer. And to me, that's a perfect example. Like the sponsor wanted to talk to us about what are you going to put on Amazon Prime and what are you going to put on, you know, how consumers get to stream the content. And we started with the experience. What is the red carpet going to look like? How are we going to have our own VIP place for consumers? How are we going to be able to sell the product? We had our Yellow Rose Tiny Home there, which is an experience in and of itself. And then we eventually discussed um, the stars. Lainey Wilson were our product. So we had kind of an influencer, again, like very local element. And then we were able to scale that story that connected with consumers. It's almost adds a little bit more complexity to our marketing because we're not, you know, doing a, a big ad and moving on. But I think it's the magic of this brand that, that really connects with consumers in real life and experiences and earned media stories and then scales from there. Very cool. And now I want to talk about like movie marketing event of the year. Um, and that's Barbie. How did your collab go with them? How did it happen? What was the impact? 
The collab went incredibly well. I mean, we keep saying Barbie is like catching lightning in a bottle. I mean, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen all the time. As marketers, we obviously have to replicate that. Um, But Barbie was really, really quite unique. We actually did our first collaboration about six months before the movie launched. And we were able to tell from that that clearly our consumers were incredibly passionate about Barbie. We also were able to learn what they loved, what what of our icons they enjoyed in the product. And we could build upon that and scale that for the second launch that we did during the movie time period. So the product was incredible. Our consumers love our Elisa icon coming together with the Barbie icon. And that was by far the hit for us. We had amazing experiences. We did about 60 events in our stores um, where consumers could come in and uh, buy the jewelry and do a Barbie photo op. Kids could get their hair braided with Barbie styles. Just a full, uh, fantastic event. We obviously had PR behind it and then activated in our paid channels. and, um, And it sold out very quickly. We had a ton of consumer engagement. It's, it's an amazing phenomenon, really. Um, you know, you mentioned the Country Music Awards and, you know, pop culture moments in general, though, are, are very key, right? For, it seems more key than ever because of this integration that's available. Would you agree with that? Yes. I mean, in a in a holiday way, it's why we market around Valentine's Day and we market around Mother's Day because that's in Uh, the cultural zeitgeist. It's in the consumer mindset at that time. And it's when we can add the most value. There are times where we can create that cultural, those cultural trends. Like when we got on the Bama Rush trend and we delivered content to those um, influencers and gifting, that was a key cultural moment for the brand. Uh, So Michelle, just tell me a little bit more about Bama Rush and the whole uh, concept there and how that came to be. So Bama Rush is um, recruitment at Alabama. And a couple of years ago, it became a much bigger trend on TikTok where consumers were sharing their outfit of the day and were sharing their uh, recruitment experience at Alabama. And oftentimes they're saying, and I'm wearing Kendra Scott and I'm wearing Kendra Scott and once the team saw that a couple of years ago, um, Kendra shared content and um, and responses. We shared a lot of content with consumers on TikTok. We gifted them. And that still is going on today. Kendra went to a um, sorority this weekend to actually donate to a, a philanthropic cause, which was really important to them. And then, of course, to um, share the love of our jewelry and, and give them free jewelry. And they still just love it. They love the connection to our brand. Also, our Hey Lisa campaign that just kicked off this summer, because that's behind our classic necklace that also Gen Z and college students go crazy for. And that, and that strategy seems very much to, uh, you know, an, an appeal to reach Gen Z audiences with a, in a very clever way. Is that the the goal of that particular campaign? Our Hey Lisa campaign is really focused on the Gen Z consumer. Um, The team sometimes tells me I do my own uh, household research. I have three girls, two in high school and one in middle school, and they love our Lisa necklace. And anytime I go to a school function or anything for them, every kid is wearing an Lisa necklace. And we just said like, there's magic there to continue to expand that. 
So we kicked off this tour called Hey Elisa, an icon goes on tour that started um, in August. And it was a multi-college tour. We brought this experience experience to colleges with to a long line of people waiting for it to open. And they they start by doing a quiz about their personality. We tell them what Elisa fits with them. Um, they were gifted that Elisa and then also a coffee drink that was inspired by the Elisa colors and inspired by their personality. This is an emotional, you know, high energy category. And it's super fun to see that to see us be able to spread that joy. And Kendra Scott actually recently also entered the luxury category. What would you say is behind this push and how does it impact the way you go to market? We always had this dream of delivering multiple types of jewelry, delivering demi-fine and delivering luxury. And that was asked for, for by our consumers. We have tons of Kendra Scott brides and they asked us to move into the engagement category. So it does it doesn't imply a shift in strategy because the core of this brand is jewelry that's attainable and accessible. Um, but it does allow consumers to come into the brand for different need states and particularly for our really loyal consumers to fulfill all of their jewelry needs from chaos. You previously mentioned a new collection called Yellow Rose, which is inspired by the American Southwest. How do you go about identifying like demand for a new product? And then how do you set about generating that that buzz around the product itself? So Yellow Rose was inspired by Kendra's love of Texas, of course, but also love of the ranch style. And I think she saw that that was a passion of hers. But we also really saw it in the cultural zeitgeist. She also, back to the um, premise of our brand, that's so much about disruption She noted that so many of these Western brands appeal to the cowboy and there wasn't anyone like really focused on the modern cowgirl. And so with all those things together, that's how we wanted to create the brand with that story and that point of view. On that note, how frequently do you put out new products and build campaigns around them? We put out new products a lot. So we launch something new, you know, every month. We're always looking at other categories that we can move into that the brand can stretch to. Yellow Rose was one of them. So we're always listening to our consumer and um, diving into Kendra's passions and stories and launching new things. And we have more, more to come. And that's it for the current podcast. Stay tuned because next time we'll have Tony Marlowe, the CMO of LG Ad Solutions. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Love and Caliber. The Current team includes Chris Brooklier and Kat Fessy. And remember, because this is a brand that started in local communities and has the mission to do good in those communities and to connect with consumers, we always start locally with the experience and then we scale that into digital. I'm Damien. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next time. 